Hello everyone and welcome to Avantika Designering Series or ADS as we like to call it. Every week on Wednesday, we feature design and technology leaders who share their professional journey, their thoughts on their domain of work and designering where the world of design and engineering meet. Make sure you follow us on social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter. And with that, let's continue with your show. The purpose of physical experience is to uplift spaces into places. In fact, if you look at a space, it is a composition of its curves and edges, whereas a place is the interaction and engagement that takes place in it. A place conveys a feeling, sets a mood for the people who exist in. And to create a meaningful experience that resonates with the harmony of the setting is something that goes through a series of steps of planning. In fact, it is upon the enthusiasts who strive to give their users an immersive experience. And that's why today we have with us Manu Krishnan Iyer. He started his journey with events and now in defining spaces. He leads as development director at Fitch, where he is responsible for helping organizations redefine their spaces for an immersive experience. He also leads Fitch's design lab at Nestle. He has been an entrepreneur for a long stint in middle of an award-winning design studio. He has worked with brands including Coca-Cola, Axis Bank, CureFit, ACG, and the list goes on. With his wide knowledge from business to design, we thought of taking his views on future-proofing with design on our journey of discovering designering. Thank you so much, uh, Manu, for joining us on Avantika Designering Series. Uh, looking forward to interacting with you today on space design and much more. Pleasure, Rohit. Thanks for the invite. So, Manu, one question that has been boggling all of us for last 50-odd days the post-COVID world is going to look wild. How do you think spaces will look like once we all go in the world after this? Yeah, it's a good question because, you know, a lot of people are already asking us as well. We've started having conversations. We, in fact, uh, recently a client asked uh, or rather a request on how can we create a virtual experience, right? Uh, which is an interesting thought. Because we have always been creating a lot of physical experiences and adding virtual as part of it. But if you were to look at a purely a virtual experience for a brand, what would it be like? So this, yes, it's uh, it's part of a conversation now. Brands are getting interested. Um, we are looking at can it be more immersive and storytelling or does it just be a tool, right? Because that's typically when you look at two ways of virtual. But beyond just the space, it's also about the experience. Today... Um, we are chatting with another fitness client of ours. Uh, post everything coming back, when gyms get back to normal uh, and people want to have limited contact, what can then become points of enhancing the experience? So there is going to be a play, but I think technology 
could really play a much larger role in making this physical spaces more immersive in the overall experience yeah i'm quite sure um, i i i definitely think that there're going to be a lot of interesting changes and um, excited to understand that um in fact you know you, uh, something which is associated with this do you think social distancing in public uh, spaces will become a norm and if yes how will we start designing for that i think it's a mix of both yes and no uh, just about last week a colleague of ours from uh, china shared pictures from shanghai and it looked just like 2019 everything was normal people are sitting out at cafes and we hope it we all come to that kind of a situation as soon as possible but i think social distancing what will do at least for us uh, if we really get down to it is bring some much needed discipline and behavior change right i think if culturally we when we interact in public spaces uh, it's the rush for everything but can we use design to kind of navigate uh, people better i think uh, if you look at a let's say a metro station or uh of sale at a, at a at a retail store i think that's going to be an interesting place to uh use design as a tool for social distancing we were again chatting with an apparel client um again the challenge is will people like to touch and feel products anymore right uh will i have the in the back of my mind that okay someone has already tested is tried this should i even try it anymore so those are questions that are being asked uh and uh, there are no answers or solutions yet but uh, it's all a, i would say now a work in progress to try and see uh what could be the new reality with design yeah i think there's going to be a lot of interesting discovery out there and uh, you know speaking of all of these spaces let's move to your story we tracked your journey uh from kaleidoscope to fitch from events uh to space design or in fact space design management uh we would like to hear about your journey how how it's been from start till now so just to kind of uh, say that at fitch is not just space design right we are while we do a lot of work in experience it's really the overall brand experience it could be right from shaping the story of the brand uh defining the brand and you know what the brand will look like to seeing the experience of the brand right so it's it's space is one part of it but it's really how do you look at the entire design as a tool for uh, every aspect of the brand's experience um so you said my journey from events uh, it, i think it to put it uh, some insight it's really about being brave in making some career choices right um it is about saying okay if you believe in something why don't you just do it uh, events i always wanted to be in the creative space and i felt that uh, at that time everyone was doing advertising i didn't want to get into advertising and events was a very upcoming uh, profession i mean earlier it was just done uh, by people who knew it but as a profession it was just about starting and i thought it was an interesting uh, space to be at but then i realized it became very it was very tactical in nature and i felt there's a lot better role for design to play a strategic perspective and that's why design uh, i I've, i've uh, you know put my fingers in different types of design whether it's product design or graphic and brand design so it's really um i would say just being brave if you want to do something just go ahead and do it yeah that's that's uh, beautifully uh, put together in fact i'm sure that as an entrepreneur also when someone decides to start up that's a 
bold and a brave uh, decision so you you were working with uh, i just just to talk about the sorry to cut you off there but you know we were chatting prior to the starting this podcast about uh, entrepreneurship and starting things and i think over there again being brave is about it's okay to make uh, to fail right uh, successfully failing is not just bad it's it's a it's a great learning i think uh, a lot of my learning came from my own startup uh, you know uh, doing different things uh, it was it was great recognition but at the same time uh, it was about how, what can you do next after that so i think uh, going back to being brave but it's really about yes taking some risks taking some challenges for yourself and shaping your own career would help so you worked um, you know in the industry for some time then you became an entrepreneur and again industry uh, why why didn't you prolong or continue on the entrepreneurial journey why why back to corporate i mean after point uh, at at sapta my firm was called sapta and uh, after point the kind of projects that we did hit a plateau you know a lot of large projects were going to the firms where i worked after uh, quitting my startup right so if there was a large rebranding project it would never go to a, a, a boutique design firm such as ours it would go to the larger outfits right a large retail experience project would never come to a, a, a smaller outfit such as ours so i think we maxed out in terms of the pushing the boundaries uh, and not really doing large really large projects and uh, but i've been fortunate in the last two firms that i worked with uh, and both have been part of uh, you know wpp um, to really even within the framework of a of a large agency to be able to do what i would like to do so i still feel like you can have that startup mentality in a larger firm as well if that firm allows you to yeah no but the fundamental thing there was a, but if it, if if the things that you're doing is not challenging yourself then you need to see what's next even if it was in your own startup absolutely in fact uh, what's interesting to uh, hear about your views is how these roles have enabled you to understand business so well in the world of design um, and and that's really interesting uh, so you've done so much work in translating uh, business objectives into tangible design solutions and i'm sure that while uh, you do this there there are a lot of ideologies um, you know are are crossroads so how do you solve this situation uh to very put it in almost very simple terms is you know collaboration i think if you if an agency and the client works as an agency and a client it will always have issues uh, the more you collaborate it's not just one person's problem right it's not that okay the client has given you the brief uh, you are the champions of just the the best idea and you come up with some magic and make it happen that's not how it is i mean that may be the old world or world order of design but it's really about collaboration it's about working uh pushing the challenge together and today clients are quite open about it right they would like to be part of the brainstorm they would be like to uh, shape storytelling together so it's really about uh, you might have different thought processes and perspectives but when you look at the common goal um uh, and we align on what we really want to accomplish then you are able to achieve what you want to achieve and you and you keep it as an iterative process you want to just try it out you want to make something you don't want to really perfect it but you you get it out there test it out see how it's working so that's really how it uh, can uh, be made successful yeah sorry there would always be ideological conflicts but uh, 
if you can look at co-create creating a culture of collaboration with the client i think that's the key i think that's interesting so when when you speak about collaboration specifically one of the things um, you know while uh, we were also uh, talking about your introduction and things that you've done uh, you also lead uh, fitch's design lab at nestle can you can you talk a little more on that so, yeah. collaboration um, you know we work with a lot of clients as partners and uh, with nestle as well it's been over 8 plus years 8 to 10 years uh, relationship that fitch has had so fitch has in fact set up a design lab at nestle where we handle all the packaging for nestle um, so it's our team sitting and handling uh, every okay. packaging that goes out uh, for nestle so so that really is the lab so we've coined it the design lab and it's housed inside the nestle headquarters interesting and um, you know while uh, fitch does uh, branding and uh, you know experience uh, design for a lot of brands one of the interesting uh, parts that i have known fitch for is definitely the space design part of it in fact i remember uh, year 2007 when asian paints uh, launched its color store in mumbai uh, it was a fascinating experience to be there and um, you know uh, i i then discovered that fitch was the one uh, which had done the entire thing so my question here is that space and exhibitions um are seen as interaction and blend between product and graphic design how do you define space design well, space really is about or other space design is really about bringing alive an experience uh, just to cite your own example that you just mentioned the color store you know does not sell a single can of paint right uh, it is not a store for, that generates uh, revenue through selling paint it's a store that helps a brand almost own the category of color right uh, because you just we wanted asian paints when when they approached us we it was all about not just selling another bucket of paint but really can we own the category and when you come into the store you play with color you play with how let's say your mera wala pink looks within a warm light versus a cool light and you really play with color so whether it's adults whether it's kids uh, or mainly the architects who come in there they're really talking color stories and how they can enhance uh, any kind of a space using color so it's really about that experience bringing alive an experience is what space design does interesting in fact fitch has also developed data points to codify different type of experiences and uh, you've identified 12 distinct experience themes can you share a little more uh, on sure. that with us so uh, experience themes is our you know a proprietary tool that we use and uh, we do use data so we be part of wpp we have access to brand z data which is essentially uh, what customers expect out of brand so this is about 650000 customers and we've mapped it over 23000 brands uh, in more than 30 plus countries 31 countries in fact and what we really look at is what are customers expe- expecting from categories what are customers expecting from brands and using the data we've shaped these 12 themes uh, based on different customer needs because ultimately when you think of designing an experience it is what we we really firmly believe it is about identifying what are those four basic needs of the customer whether is the need for progress 
the need for independence, the need for belonging or the need for comfort. And uh, by understanding these need states, uh, we have taken these 12 experience themes. So one could be like, you know, like a campfire. Uh, when we talk of campfire, is it, it's a place of belonging where you have people being welcomed, people come together. So uh, within a space, if you really want to create community, uh, we use a, the campfire experience theme as a, you know, as the central idea around uh, how that journey of the customer would be like. And for us, uh, these 12 themes are not saying that one brand has to have just one theme. It is a mix of two or three themes that really makes it a lot more richer, right? So there could be a theme of lab, uh, which is really about where experiments take, take place, right? I want to discover something new. So a brand very much in technology and creating innovations, it's really like a lab. So can I bring that lab alive uh, in the space? You know, Fitch recently even designed the uh, Microsoft headquarters in, in Singapore, and it's about a lakh and 20,000 square feet. And over there, our philosophy was, how do you make the office almost like your brand's flagship? So we really looked at the office space like a brand's flagship. And then how do these experience themes work from the journey of uh, be it the employees, be it visitors or business associates coming into the Microsoft office? So, uh, Manu, <clears throat> one of the uh, things that I wish to ask here is while all of this data is helping you um, uh, you know, create uh, some of these themes uh, that can be aligned to a brand. But are we also talking about this getting into a templatization mode? For example, uh, now there are various online tools like Canva, uh, which are templatizing the entire uh, graphic design part of it. So uh, with these 12 themes, are we also talking about templatization here? Not at all, not at all. Because no two companies' experience would be the same, right? Because it, it is it, it is really built on the brand's DNA, right? It's a brand experience. It's not just an experience, right? So even if I said campfire or lab, my brand's campfire will be very different from your brand's campfire, right? Uh, we use these themes as a framework to, to uh, what we call create experience principles, right? Or, uh, you know, experience signatures. So these experience signatures are core to a particular brand. No two brands will have the same signature. Now, if I have a, a, a studded red wall of a particular brand, that becomes core of that particular brand DNA or that particular brand signature. It's not the same. So it will never be templatized. It is more a framework for uh, making uh, strategic choices and how the brand's experience would be like, but it's not templatized. Interesting. So creating fancy and minimal spaces have become a trend of, you know, of, of the current uh, times. Regardless of the kind of space, whether we are talking about classrooms, banks, bus stops, all, all are becoming sleek, comfortable um, environment. So are all spaces, according to you, meant to be this way? That's a uh, interesting question. Um, you know, if you look at today's generation, uh, and we are calling this the generation that are always looking down, right? Looking down at their device and not looking up, right? Uh, how do you, the, the, the challenge that and we were identifying some trends, uh, our, our team, our global team, we've been trying to identify uh, for this generation is always looking down. What is it, at, what's at stake for the brick and mortar store, right? Uh, how do you get their attention? Um, 
so we are really saying that utilize uh the fact that they are using the device so use their device when they are in the store to make the experience a lot more engaging right that's one way to look at it where uh using smart technology uh, and and a lot of brands have uh, uh you know started doing so foot locker in one of the stores in the us uh what you might call it the voice museum of sorts is where you have you know you go to you use your own device and you're going through each product of you know a different shoe uh, particular product and through voice you're actually having a a sports legend talk about the product uh, so it's almost like the museum of shoes oh wow that's 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 yeah. exciting so it's it's really how you could use at yet which we have this thing of the consumer mind states of dreaming locating right so during these mind states uh how do you utilize this technology of this customer looking down and make spaces more efficient so you don't have to have all the hardware in the space so yes you could do uh, spaces with a smaller footprint but still use technology in a very smart fashion so while we are on that one of the other things uh, that intrigue me is does nature give any insight into designing spaces can be uh see aspects of biomimicry in spaces is there i mean there are obviously some people who are specialists in it um and uh, you you know i would urge you to watch uh, you you may be familiar with abstract which is a show on netflix yes. uh, on design and i don't know if you've seen the episode by neri oxman uh, who's a bioarchitecture and, and it's a beautiful episode uh, but fundamentally to answer your question yes there are examples you know uh, i've been to a, a house recently where using termite uh, mounds as an inspiration how do you look at a tapered rooftop for natural cooling or the kind of material you use so yes there is biomimicry used in space uh, unfortunately in commercial spaces haven't seen that enough uh, in in our uh, country and i think that's a great opportunity to do it that like can you really utilize some of these you see parts of it so you might see some part of it in an installation some part of it in a uh, you know feature wall but really can you design an entire space around and that's a great opportunity in our in our country to do a lot more so for a lot of young designers listening to our show this is something uh, that you could make a note of so manu moving from uh, this to the element of uh, business and designing for business um you know leads to conflict and ideologies between team members so as a leader of um, a, a a large organization how do you manage these conflicts i mean these could be conflicts uh with the customer with the contractors with uh, so many other stakeholders so how vital are these conflicts and uh difference of uh, uh you know differences of opinion to design so, so let me say from a starting point when you, when you get a typical typically you get a brief right from a client uh and what i'd like to really do is not take the brief as given right uh you encourage i at least i encourage the team members to kind of push the boundaries of the thinking that can you question why can you question why not because that's really the beauty of good design that you don't just take the brief as is because sometimes the client has probably not thought of everything right uh, you would like to question and reshape the brief sometimes so it's good to debate i mean it's good to have a, a constructive conflict of thought because only then uh, the output will be much better that's all that's 
my fundamental belief that if you just take in whatever there is and give an output you're being very prescriptive and that's not what design is okay interesting and uh, solving problems is anyway a designer's primary goal so i'm sure that i see that alignment there uh, so moving from there to a new term that i keep uh, stumbling upon business design uh, how important is it for designers to understand and design for needs of businesses according that is to the you? fundamental of design right i mean everyone talks about differentiation between art and design saying that art is for yourself business design is for a business or design is for a commercial output um in a way right because you're designing to solve a challenge uh whether it's for a client whether it's for a from a customer viewpoint or a business viewpoint so you can't design only on a whim right uh gone in the days that you say that okay i'm this is i like really this and it'll come out and it'll work no not necessarily so we need to see what the context uh of the customer is what the context of the business is business is sorry uh, what is the context of the business and how is the behavior of the customer going to be impacted by uh, what you design i think that's very crucial if when designers are designing today okay and if a situation comes up where the needs of the business do not match with the needs of consumers how do you navigate that scenario and which needs would you give priority so, to at the very onset it is important to set certain parameters as what you would say as uh, criteria for going ahead with one design versus the other right and we try and align that with our when we work with our clients and customers also consumers don't have all the answers you know uh, we start with building around the journey or the design or the experience around the customer but i would really recommend sometimes rapid prototyping a part of their idea as well uh, if there is you know you're not entirely sure that if this is something that the customer needs there's no harm in testing and piloting a part of that idea very quickly uh with a few customers getting a pulse check of sorts uh, as to how, what they think and feel of it and and probably incorporate their feedback in shaping the final design i think that's one way to really look at uh, what could work if one of our clients that we're working on uh, it's really we're saying we're not we're not going to implement all the solutions at one go so we start with a large picture but we said okay we're going to focus on uh five things that could make possible impact and we decide them by testing it out it's not whether i know whether which is going to work or you know what's going to work when i mean the agency and you the client but it's together let's try these five things out very quickly very rapidly see what the reaction is and then see how do you want to tweak it before it gets rolled out into all the other formats interesting and uh, do you see more and more technology in space soon do you believe our interaction with physical spaces is going to reduce and introduction of augmented reality virtual reality or other sophisticated technologies are going to take over i feel that these solutions and technologies won't won't be an isolated solution they in fact will help enhance physical spaces so i won't say physical spaces are going to go down because people you know i mean let's let's look at an example of us sitting in uh lockdown for almost 2 months are we waiting to go out yes we are right how much are you going to be sitting in the same space um but at the same time uh what technology will play is a big role in enhancing that physical space so uh, the the way physical spaces will be designed very differently and will interact with them very differently i won't say they will get reduced but they will get enhanced through technology okay that's interesting and uh, with fields like 
interior designing architecture which are different um, areas of specialization how do you think especially young aspirants um, differentiate between the role to enter space design as a career i would say just go with what you're passionate about uh, you know always you know more often than not you might start with one field of design discipline but over a course of time you would become a master of something completely different or something even more specialized within it uh, so just start with something you're really passionate about and you and you discover along the way there is you know because let's say career choices of if someone wanted to be an uh, augmented reality specialist uh, 10 years ago if i was thinking that oh i'm i would be a master of that i wouldn't know that right because that didn't exist so i think you start with something you're passionate about and you discover along the way right and from moving to uh, the physical spaces technology uh, i shared a term with you designering that we coined at avantika and uh, it's been interesting to see how this term interplays in every field um what do you think about this concept of designering uh, where both design and engineering coming together and how does it impact your uh, your your workspace or your life for me the term my 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 takeaway from the term is really the engineering part is really the scientific approach right the science behind the madness of sorts right um because i've always been a believer that for any field of design to really work Uh, it's really the process that goes under it, the go- process that goes behind it. So for me, designering is bringing the scientific approach to unlocking potential, and as cliche as it sounds, is really the method to the madness. Interesting, and uh, that takes us to the last uh, question of ours, which we called as the quickie takeaway segment. We we call it Gyan Vyan. So Manu, I'm going to uh, throw a few questions at you, and we would like to hear your uh, top of the mind um, answers to them. Sure. So, are you ready for this? Yeah, sure. <laughs> that that sure had an element of doubt in it. Don't worry, we we will 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 have uh, interesting set of questions into playing. <laughs> okay, so uh, Manu, the one place in the world that you would want to be quarantined in. quarantined uh kenya with the with the animals and wildlife okay and uh, the best space or exhibition uh, you've ever visited is actually it's a place that I want to go oh, okay the exhibition um there was the uh, in dc there was a museum the holocaust museum yeah that was an experience that um you know it, it was chilling uh and and it it's even the you know the memento they give you at the end of it it actually says there's a badge that says remember what you saw and that is a perfect description of their entire experience in in a few words because you you are almost translate or rather transported to a different era and really what happened so for me that uh, was a really uh, yeah the holocaust museum in dc interesting and one movie future tech that you wish to see in the world in reality i hey, i wish we could uh, is a very old future tech but beam me up scotty i wish i could teleport myself wherever i want whenever i want <laughs> okay and one weird myth about designers that you've heard 
weird myth about designers they think they are a god's gift to design kind <laughs> okay and if you were a part of a bazaar in your firm who would you be would you be a vegetable seller a mithai shop owner a franchisee owner and why i'll be the one who brings everyone together <laughs> okay interesting so 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 the head of the uh, bazaar the one who ensures that it's it's set up who who ensures better collaboration among between or other among everyone okay so uh, your one advice to young aspirant designers get your hands dirty in design uh, get to know certain tools that you probably never heard of and uh, push the thinking then don't get lazy it's it's always easy to use a software to design but it's lot more rewarding getting your pen and paper and uh, getting great thinking going great thank you so much manu this was an exciting conversation a lot of insights um, i think there's a lot uh, for all of us to reflect back and learn from uh, your experiences and and your conversation so thank you so much for doing this for us thanks rohit thanks for the uh, opportunity to have this chat and it was a lovely chat as well hey there we hope you enjoyed our show do write to us on ads@avantika.edu.in We look forward to your opinions, feedbacks and suggestions of speakers you would like us to host on this show. Do tune in our channel next week on Wednesday for a new story on Hub Hopper or wherever you get your podcast from. Make sure you follow us on social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and tune in with us on our journey and don't forget to share it with your friends.